Welcome to Japanatron. I'm Dave Pavlina, and uh, Japanatron is a podcast about life in Japan, Japanese culture, uh, from the standpoint of a douchebag American, me. So let's jump right in. Today's topic uh, we're going to talk about drinking. I like to drink, Japanese people like to drink, so this should be a good topic. Uh, let's get right to it. I want to start with beer. Okay, I'm a dude. I like drinking beer. Um, so what's the difference with beer in Japan and beer in the U.S.? Now, the U.S., oh boy, you guys, you guys have it so great over there. And, you know, Japan, of course, makes beer. It's good. It, it is It is good stuff. I will give them that. Um, the problem is it's really expensive. Uh, Japan, the government, they tax the shit out of beer like most countries tax the shit out of cigarettes. So in Japan, cigarettes are safe. Beer, unfortunately, is not. So it's really expensive. So I usually have it uh, when someone else is paying for it. Um, The other problem I have with Japanese beer is, although it is good, um, the four main brands that I can think of, which are, uh, let's see, Asahi, Kirin, Ebisu, and Sapporo, um, Ebisu is kind of higher grade. It's a little bit more expensive. Um, it tastes a little bit better. Barely noticeable, though. All four of those all basically taste the same. It's just the same standard kind of lager. It's like Tanaka-san has his beer recipe, and he just shared it with three other dudes, and they just started their, their four beer companies or whatever, and, um, and I don't know. You know, Ebisu might even be part of one of those other three. Who knows? But anyways, it it all sort of just tastes the same to me, and that's my main complaint. Uh, There's not near the variety that the U.S. offers. You know, you go to the supermarket in the U.S., and oh my god, it's a buffet of just uh, loveliness. You know, you got your pumpkin ales and your your huckleberry, huckleberry fin beer and your huckleberry beer. That's actually kind of catchy. Uh, and your seasonal this and that, and your winter ales, and, you know, all that shit. Sam Adams alone, just that one brand, all of their varieties, you know, and seasonals, they blow, uh, they blow the whole Japanese beer market out of the water. Um, and Japan just recently just sort of introduced dark beer. Like, oh, look at us, we're doing dark beer now. And, you know, one douchebag started it, and then all the other brands jumped on board with it. And, again, it all just sort of tastes the same. So, that's that's kind of my complaint, and that's really the, the thing with, with Japanese beer. I have it once in a while when I have a craving for it, but, you know, I don't really have as much beer as I would have if I lived in the U.S., which, when I really think about it deeply, is probably a really good thing, because... Beer isn't the greatest thing for your gut. And if I lived in the U.S., I'd probably have a big-ass beer belly, um, which I don't in Japan yet. 
So because the beer's too fucking expensive. So I can't I can't afford to have a beer belly. So yeah, I guess thanks Japan and yeah, fuck you very much. <laughs> At the same time. So okay, moving on. Along because beer is so expensive, here's my transition. Um they make uh, something called haposhu, which is near beer, malt liquor, you know, imitation beer. It looks like beer. The can looks like a beer can. Um, yeah, that's the other other thing with beer in Japan. Uh, it's always in a can. It's like, it's just a pain in the ass. You can find it in a bottle, of course, but you'll probably pay extra for that. <laughs> It'll be more expensive. Fucking pain in the ass. Always has to be like a can. Same thing with the near beer. It's in a can, of course, which which speaks which speaks volumes about its class. Um, it's popular because it avoids that tax on beer. You know, because it's not true beer, it it it's cheaper. It's a lot cheaper because uh, they have they, there's some loophole where they don't have to pay that. You know, you don't have to levy the tax uh, on the near beer. Um, they also do this like lower calorie thing, you know, which is I guess popular with the ladies. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's the malt liquor. The funny thing is though is they always try to dress it up like you know sparkling hop and something with wheat, you know, and they have these like pictures of you know hop trees <laughs> or whatever. And I don't know, it, it's it all just sort of kind of tastes like piss. So if you enjoy drinking your urine you'd probably like the Haposhu, the imitation beer. So yeah, you know, maybe try it. Try it once and um, see what you think. If you agree with me, uh, send me an email or something uh, or leave a comment if you think Haposhu tastes like urine. Uh, I'd be interested to hear from you on that. Uh, Moving on, another Japanese thing is Chuhai. And this is basically your soda with liquor in it. It's your Zima. And my image with with Chuhai was always that it was either um, it was either enjoyed by old men, uh, like the guy who drove me up to the uh, to the ski resort that one fine day, uh, which is a story in another episode, um, or popular with the ladies. You know, that's kind of the image that Zima has. Real men don't go to a party and drink Zima. You know, you'll get made fun of. So. That was kind of my image with Chuhai as well, is it just tastes like soda, you know, like a 7-Up or something. Um, so, you know, I wasn't wasn't really a fan. It, it also is, it seems a little low class. I don't know. It is cheap. So, anyways, that was kind of my image, but I gave it a try. Um, some people got me into it, and I gave it a try, and I was actually impressed a little bit because... It's cheap, so you got the cost performance, and it packs a really surprising punch. They have a, a series called the Strong Chuhai, and it's 8%, which is pretty damn good. And it's not bad. Um, it's not too expensive. It's pretty It's pretty cheap. So, yeah, bonus there on the Chuhai. Uh, they do the low-calorie thing on the Chuhai, too, and the low-on-carbs thing, so it's also popular with the ladies, maybe. But, yeah, I'm kind of... I'm kind of revisiting Chuhai. So, um, yeah, it's not bad. Moving on, wine. Oh, wine. Of course, there's import wine. There's tons of wine from France, uh, Australia, Chile, whatnot. Um, I don't know why, but, uh, I'm, you know, I'm a fan of my native California's wine, of course, and it's, it's actually kind of hard to find in Japan. It's not sold in your normal, um, you know, supermarkets. So you have to really look for it. So that's kind of a bummer about the wine. Japan does have a wine 
uh, industry. I don't know why. You know, Japan is a humid country, which is the worst possible thing for wine grapes, right? You think of the strong wine, you know, country areas, you know, Australia and Chile and France and, you know, California, California coast and whatnot. You need to have it dry. It has to be dry to produce those really good wine grapes. That's my understanding of the wine industry. And Japan is very humid. I don't know what the fuck they're thinking about. What they are thinking with this wine industry thing. They should just give up on it. I've tried Japanese wine a few times. I don't know why it was even a few. I should have given up after one. It's like vinegar. It's worse than vinegar. It's barely, it's not even suitable for cooking. So if you like the taste of vomit, you might enjoy Japanese wine. So just don't. Don't bother. And, you know, I saw on the news they were doing, like, wine tasting with Japanese wine. And I'm like, no, don't. It tastes like shit. Don't fucking do it. You're going to die. Don't do it, people. Don't do it. Take my advice. Take my advice. Don't do the Japanese wine. And that's all I have to say about that. Uh, Whiskey. Japan, again, has a whiskey industry, much better than their wine industry. Uh, But in general, I wasn't all that impressed. Just because the import stuff was better and cheaper, which didn't really make a lot of sense to me because I would think that the domestic stuff would be cheaper because of import taxes or whatnot, but it wasn't. And you can find cheap Japanese whiskey, but, you know, it's that's the kind of stuff only suitable for mixers. And a good friend of mine um, back in the U.S. got me, kind of, has been introducing me to the whiskey world. Um, so pardon my ignorance. I, I'm not, like, a huge connoisseur of it. Uh, I'm just kind of, you know, entering the world of whiskey and taking a look around. Um, so I started with scotch. You know, that's, like, the, the premier stuff, right? You know, it's not whiskey, it's scotch, you know, so it's it's the high-grade stuff. Uh, of course, it's good. Um, it's a little pricey, but not too bad um, in Japan. Um, I tried the Japanese whiskey, which was cool. One thing cool about it is they had these uh, really tiny bottles. You know, those kind of things like on uh, in hotel, you know, the mini bar, you know, bottles or the, uh, you know, the ones on a, a long international flight, something like that. Those little tester bottles. So I got a ton of those. And the, it was cool because I didn't I didn't have to spend money on the full bottle, so I got to try out, like, um, Nika and Kirin's, like, full whiskey line. In general, I wasn't all that impressed, considering how much the full bottle costs. The best stuff, of course, was, like, the highest grade, you know, like, the 16-year, or the 12, or the even the 20, or something like that, the 21-year, like something. Really good stuff, but way too expensive, uh, considering scotch that was way better, was cheaper, like half the price. Um, so I kind of gave up on the Japanese whiskey. Um, I might give it another chance if someone tells me, you know, some like whiskey connoisseur tells me, oh, you got to try this. It's Japanese whiskey. It's really good stuff. But I don't know. When I compare it with the import stuff, it's just it's the import stuff is better and it's it's cheaper. And especially um, this again is my friend's recommendation. Canadian whiskey. Wow. Who the fuck knew that the Canadians are that good at whiskey? Now, I, I don't work for a Canadian whiskey company. Okay, so I'm, I'm not doing any kind of, you know, paid, paid promotion here. But Jesus Christ, the, who knew? It's like, it's like the best kept secret or something in the world. 
you know, I always thought it was just hockey and maple syrup up there, but Jesus, they know what they're doing with whiskey. Um, and the cool thing about it is, according to my friend, is um, uh, when I was telling him about this, is it's cheaper in Japan than the U.S. actually. And I'm talking mostly about Canadian Club. Uh, there's also the Crown Royal, which is a little pricey here, uh, probably about the same as the U.S. But Canadian Club is like really, uh, really affordable here, pretty cheap. And you really get that uh, cost performance benefit with the uh, with the Japanese, oh, with the uh, Canadian whiskey here. Uh, the high grade stuff is like really cheap, like the uh, sherry cask, the uh, the the twelve year. I think it's called Canadian Classic, and the uh, uh, even the twenty year, which I've yet to try. But considering it's twenty year, it's pretty affordable. If I remember correctly, like six thousand yen for twenty year. That's amazing. So um, yeah, Canadian whiskey. If you really are into that. Um, if you're if you're really into that cost performance thing, uh, which is that that Japanese catchphrase these days, you know, cost performance. If you're really into that, then uh, I highly recommend Canadian whiskey. Uh, sake, as we Americans say, sake. I'd like to try some sake. Sake, as it's uh, pronounced in Japanese. Now this stuff is great, and you'd expect it to be good because this is this is Japan, right? You go to Japan not for the wine, you go to Japan for the sake. And this is rice wine, in case you don't know. And, you know, I'm oversimplifying it, but this is, um, there's, there's, um, there's two basic kinds, okay? And uh, there's the karakuchi, which is the dry, and the amakuchi, which is the sweet. And it can be served hot or cold. And the cool thing about it is it's a nice social drink, because it's served in these tiny little cups, um, they look like shot glasses, actually. And uh, with the Japanese, with the Japanese culture and the hospitality thing, they will keep over. They will keep uh, pouring your, your, uh, filling up your, your cup, with, uh, with the sake. And it's not that strong. It's, it's usually pretty smooth. So they just keep filling up this little shot glass, and you don't even know how much you've had. You have no idea. And before you know it, you are totally obliterated because your cup is just literally overflowing all the time. It's like Jesus and the disciples. My cup is overflowing. You got all these Japanese Jesuses everywhere, just just totally filling up your shot glass of sake all night, and you don't know you don't even know what the fuck's going on. You're just totally obliterated in sake before you know it. Okay, so yeah, I digress. Be careful with that. Um, Japanese person could probably recommend some good stuff. When I lived out in the countryside in Toltori, oh, Jesus, there's some good sake out there. Um, but some good, you know, high-grade stuff, it's good. It goes down smooth. Uh, the hot and cold thing is cool. I dig that because there's not many liquors you can have, uh, you know, warm. You know, it's a good thing in winter. Um, just ask the staff, you know, or something for their uh, osasume, their recommendation. You know, and they're, they're probably going to ask you if you want the karakuchi or the amakuchi, or if you want the hot or cold, you know, and just, just go with one. Um, and yeah, it's usually, it's usually really good. Of course, as you'd expect, sake is the go-with-the-flow drink of Japan. It is, it is, it is Japan, so give it a try. It, it is very good. And in fact, when I think about, when I keep thinking about sake, I'm like, man, I should drink more sake. <laughs> I should get back to it. Just just pick a bottle. I have no idea what I'm getting, but just pick something good. Try to figure out if it's good. Uh, okay, moving on. Shochu. Okay, it's another... Uh, it's kind of... Shochu is like Japan's take on vodka. 
Um, it's not as strong as vodka, I'd say, but it's it's kind of close. It's got some bite to it. It's got some punch. They often water it down. Uh, it's an interesting drink. They often water it down, uh, sometimes with warm water, uh, hot water. Um, so it's another one of those drinks uh, that's served warm often. Uh, so it's a it's kind of unique in that you know it makes a good winter drink. Um, I never really truly bonded with it. I did give it a chance. And once in a while, I'll have it uh, if I'm in the mood for it. It's not one of those drinks I really crave, but you know, like if if everyone else is having it, I might I might give it a try. Or if someone is really into it and says like, "Oh, you really got to try this shochu. It's really good." Uh, I'll give it a try. There's three basic kinds. You got your rice, you got your wheat, and you got your potato base. And now the rice and the wheat are pretty like straightforward. They're pretty normal. Um, so if you're starting out, you, you might want to start with that one. That's kind of like your pure, basic shochu flavor you're going to get. The potato is the wild card. So if you're kind of, if you're kind of a crazy fuck, just jump right in with the potato one, the emo. It's, it's the, it's the crazy motherfucker. It's, it's got a totally different flavor, I think. And there's people who are just like rice and wheat people. And there's people who are emo people. And there's very little like crossover. There's like I'm always getting the emo, I'm always getting the potato one, or I'm always getting like the straightforward one. And I don't know, it's kind of cool about shochu. It like defines something about your personality. So yeah, I mean, get it a little crazy. Get the get the potato one. Uh, it's kind of an acquired taste. You know, it's vodka. It's like vodka. It's pretty potent. Um, it's got an interesting uh, flavor and finish. So um, try it. Uh, hey, you know, when in Rome. Um, and give it a chance. Like I said, it's an acquired taste, and and give it a chance to maybe bond with it. I never really truly bonded with it, but I could definitely see it is a it is an acquired taste, and I was I was just about there to acquire it, <laughs> and then I lost it. Um. All right, that's about it for the the liquors. Uh, the one other thing I want to talk about is an establishment, which is Japan's take on the pub. I just got back from the UK trip there. That's pub culture. So you uh, British might be into this. Uh, Japan's take on the pub, the Japanese pub, is called an izakaya. Um, And they're very different from the Western-style watering holes, which Japan, of course, does have. So I don't really really want to get into those, maybe later, nightlife or something. Um, It's pretty cool. You go in there with a bunch of friends. It's not the kind of place you go to alone and you meet people. It's almost like a restaurant. It's like a sit-down place, and you, you just go with a group of friends. Um... There's no really, like, bar where you can, like, mingle, and if you're, you know, single or something, and, you know, buy a cute girl at the bar a drink. That's the Western-style stuff. Izakaya doesn't really have that. If you've ever found a place like that, let me know. I'm really interested, because I've never seen an Izakaya like that. Anyways, it's, it's more like a restaurant. You sit down. They're also in very Japanese-style. Taking off your shoes. You got the tatami mats. You might have, like, the sunken table, uh, which I think is more comfortable, because your legs are under the table uh, instead of folded. Um, they're down into the floor, uh, it's a lot more comfortable, but they're often very, uh, Japanese style, so it's a good cultural experience. Um, the food is awesome. It's very Japanese, lots of fish dishes, uh, lots of Japanese-ified Western dishes. Um, uh, I've had some of the oddest things. The fucking craziest, uh, foods are always, I've always had them at an izakaya. Um, for example, my students, uh, when I was teaching English, uh, out in the countryside used to take me out and they always wanted to like fuck with the foreigner, you know, let's, let's get him to eat some kind of nasty fish product. You know, 
<laughs> Japanese, they can't just eat the meat of the fish sometimes. It's always got to be like the guts and the dick and, you know, the vagina of the fish or something or the eyes or the face or the cheeks or the fins or just, you know, fuck it, eat the whole fish whole, bones and everything. And they have this dish called shishamo, which is just that. It's a fish. It's not very big. Two bites and it'll 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 go in your mouth. It's a two bite fish, but it's the whole deal. It's the bones. It's everything, um, and it's got this horrific face. You know, like it was cooked alive or something. It looks like the painting The Scream is really what it looks like. It's this horrible face, and the students were like, "Eat it, eat it, eat it." And I couldn't look at the face, so they're like, dip it in mayonnaise. So I kind of covered the face with mayonnaise. And you bite it, and inside the fish, it's filled with eggs. You know, like black caviar egg things. And they just kind of pop and goo out into your mouth. So I didn't really expect that, but it's like a pregnant fish or something. So that's shishamo. Um, another one was... Uh, I was eating, it was like a fish dish. I had no idea what it was. I was already really drunk because the, the guy I was with was kept filling up my glass with sake. So I was totally obliterated and he was drinking me under the table, which is a cool characteristic about Japanese. They can outdrink anybody. Um, anyways, he, he orders this fish dish and, he, and it shows up and it looks like kind of like little white grapes, right? And he's like, try this. It's a it's a it's like a fish delicacy thing. thing. And I'm like, okay. So uh, I try it. It's not bad. It's kind of creamy. It's not something I'd really crave. And it just kind of tasted like, you know, a barnacle or some kind of like something that came out of the bottom of a pirate ship. It, I mean, okay, it wasn't that bad, but it's just not something I would have craved. And I'm like, what was it? You know, and I, you know, I really should find out. I should really learn my fucking lesson and find out what the shit is before I put it in my mouth. I, I, I never learn. I just, I just pop up a, a fucking fish penis in my mouth, and I, oh, you just ate a fish penis. So anyways, the grapes, the white grapes, they were a sperm. They were cod sperm. The sperm of cod. Yeah, fish and chips and sperm. So, yeah, that, happened, that, ha- that has happened to me so many times. It's like, ah, Japan, you got me again. I just ate another fish vagina. God damn it. So... Yeah, be careful with that, you know, because you could be eating a fish's asshole, and you don't even know it. Uh, you, you got me. You always trick me, Japan. Ah, you got me. Yeah. Anyways, that's the izakaya. Uh, okay, wait, I'm sorry. I haven't covered the izakaya. I digressed on the fish penis thing. Uh, the other cool thing about an izakaya is the ordering system is often very high-tech and cool. You know, Japan is known for their technology, their high-tech stuff. Um, oftentimes they'll have like a little button, you push it and then the server will come. So you're not standing there like an, like an asshole, you know, trying to flag someone down, you know, and they're just ignoring you. You just push the button and they'll come. Very cool. I don't know why the fuck we don't have something that simple in America. It'd be really cool. Um, the, some of them have even higher tech. It's like a a tablet, like an iPad on the table, uh, with the menu and you just sort of tap what you want and you just hit order you know, and then it shows up, which is really cool with a big group of people, Uh, but someone has to be uh, sober enough to be able to actually hit the buttons (laughs) in a normal manner and actually place the order, Um, so yeah, they use really big fonts and stuff for that reason, but yeah, it's pretty cool, because you can see pictures of it, and you know, you can just go bloop, 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 you know, 10 beers, and boom, done, it's on the way, 
and just shows up. So yeah, I really like that. America should really get into that um, because um, I don't know. I never see this kind of this kind of style. I mean, maybe I can find it in one of the big cities, um, but I've never even seen an izakaya in LA. I mean, I haven't looked really hard for it. Uh, maybe there's one in like Little Tokyo or something like that, but. I don't know. I just think this this kind of style with the sit down and you're hanging out with your friends and there's good food. It's all family style, which is another thing. You're just going to share it for the table, you know, pass the dishes around, drinking, eating, having a good time. Because I don't know, there's not a lot of places that I think of in America where you're mixing the, the drinking and the eating all that well. You know, there's the bars and then there's your restaurants. And sure, you can get drunk at a restaurant, but I don't know, sometimes the, the waiters and waitresses are like, ah, he's drunk, fucker, you know, but in an izakaya, it's like almost expected, you know, everyone's stumbling out of there, because that's the pub, you know, that's what America really needs, is like a bar with really fucking good food, you know, I guess there's what, like your sports bar, like your, you know, your bar and grill, I guess, is the closest thing we have, or you watch like a basketball or football game, but I don't know. It's always it's it's still a bar. It's not like the kind of sit down place with a you know big group of ten friends and you just kind of you can just order tons of food you know with that little electronic thing on the table. So I don't know. America should really get into this. It'd be kind of cool if there's like an American version of the izakaya. Uh, I think it would do really well uh, for you entrepreneurs. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode on drinking. Um, since I remember, I always forget to do this is uh, contact info. Um, you can find... Well, I'm, I'm assuming you found me somehow if you're listening to this. But you can find me on iTunes, of course, if you search for Japanatron. I would really appreciate uh, a high rating, you know, like a five-star and a comment uh, so that I'm not, like, just sunk into obliv- oblivion on iTunes because there's a lot of podcasts out there, uh, if you like me. Uh, if you don't like me, just just don't say anything. Just just don't give me one star, for God's sake. You're going to kill me. <laughs> All right, you listening, Mom? Uh, you can also find me on japanatron.com, which will take you to my main site, mondaiji.com. Uh, uh, so you can find me there. You can also find me on the Comedy Podcast Network, uh, comedypodcastnetwork.com. Uh, check that out. There's a lot of our uh, sister podcasts up there. Also very funny, entertaining stuff. Check all that stuff out. So, that's it. Thank you very much. You have received this transmission from the Comedy Podcast Network. For more shows, visit ComedyPodcastNetwork.com.